the boys are back minus one minus the loser minus the fucking loser uh yeah <laughs> it's a little harsh but uh our boy got a, a roughed up back can't make it and um that's it man it's just the north americans now we lost a little <laughs> bit of international flavor without him around no, no linchpin. Who knows what's going to happen this episode? Who knows, man? We're going to fly off the handle. But it is U.S. Raw Nats, so we don't got to go outside of North America. What does he know? What's he going to tell us about, about U.S. Raw Nats, huh? I don't even know if he's watching it live with the time zone changes. But, um, fellas, sleeping. yeah, exactly. But I know who was watching it, man. The viewership was big. Um, we were posting like crazy on King of the Lifts, and we got uh, a million podcasts booked. And I feel like we're doing a podcast every day, sometimes two a day, but we got a lot of champions, some old faces and some new faces because it's been two years since we had one of these. So it's expected some people are going to emerge. Speaking of new faces, fellas, I think we're going to take this. We'll start from the bottom, work our way up the rankings. We'll start in the men's division. And uh, obviously that would be the 59 kilo class. And, the new champion, 59 kilo, Shahid Bryant, who posted up a 579.5 kilo total. And uh, I mean, it was, uh, I'm just pulling this up right now, fellas. What were your, what was your first impressions when you seen this? Obviously, Shahid has a monster bench press. Um, what, what was your, what were you thinking, Bill? Yeah, I was saying for a, for a 59 kilo, man, a dude's yoked up, man. His upper body is ridiculous. Um but yeah, but I mean, was it 152 benches is, is a big bench for a for a 59 kilo dude. Um, so it was crazy because you had like Mike Coons squatting like 243, um, which is close to the world record, if not at the world record. And then you had, you know, Shahid hitting 152. So you have like basically these two American records back back to back, you know, as soon as the meet started off, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so that was that was actually really, really cool. And then you had the other guy who came in third, Kurt Navarro, with the big deadlift. He pulled like 255. So you had basically three aces going against each other, and the bench guy won. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It is a little – I mean, it is a little bit surprising, only that obviously the bench contributes less towards um, your total. However, Shahid is for sure. He's a bench specialist, and you're right. The guy is jacked up, looks like a bodybuilder. I mean, when he takes off his – the fellas all bust his chops in the comments be like, my man, I noticed my girl started following you. You got to, you got to start putting your shirt on, man. Okay. <laughs> like you at least put your, put your account to private. This is too much, but um, we'd be remiss to just say he's a bench guy. Cause he isn't all around. Oh, no, no, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he could pull. No, he's, he's, he's an elite bencher and he's a very, very good deadlifter and a good squatter for sure. Right. Um, at 130 pounds body weight, roughly for our North American friends. Um, 152 kilo. What does that translate into into uh, freedom units there? 335. Well, there we go. And he's also deadlifting 232.5. So he's well into the fight. Well, not well into, but he's over 500 pounds in terms of a deadlift as well. He's an all round lifter um, squatting 195. So he wins fairly comfortably. He was my pick. Was he your guy's pick as well? Yes, sir. Yeah. Matty two cakes, the veteran. Um, he, he missed, like, uh, I think you had mentioned Billy missed that third squat. He also missed the bench in there, but he came around on the deadlifts and deads is where he kind of, it's tough because if, if no one see Matty two cakes, he is a little person. So his hands grip is going to be an issue. Um, strength is not. And in terms of his dimensions, the squat favors him, uh, the bench, but then 
anyone who's like, well, it favors his dimension, squat and bench. Yeah, but he's also got a debt. And, he, and, and my man doesn't make no excuses there, you know? So he, he holds his own. A 560.5 kilo total, obviously very respectable. Um, comes in on a, a silver. And Kurt Navarro coming out of Hawaii, when I was posting those hashtags, I am with. So the 59 kilo class doesn't get a whole hell of a lot of attention on social media. Smaller gentlemen, shifting smaller weights relative. But holy smokes, Kurt, who's around 130 pounds, is deadlifting now tipping into the late 500s, which is remarkable. I mean, extremely strong individual. Um, it, that's the single biggest feat of strength we've seen in the 59 kilo class that day. And uh, he came in in a bronze total with a 550. And when we were putting those hashtags, I am with, you know, I wasn't overly familiar with Kurt. You know, I'll raise a hand. I, I, I'm 59 kilo. I have a peripheral vision on it. I knew Shahid and I knew Maddie Two Cakes, but obviously like Fido, uh, Fidoshenko um, in, internationally. But the amount of support he got with the I am with, it was crazy, man. Because we see, I could see the shares that King Lives got. And he had mad support coming out of Hawaii. So I am glad he showed up and showed out. And um, and he went nine for nine and ended off with a monster 255 kilo deadlift, which is uh, 562 pounds. So, I mean, he, he had a hell of a day. So supporters obviously got what they came for if they're watching uh, the live stream. So it's a good scrap in the 59s, but um, our pick came through with Shahid in the 66 kilo class. Now, this is where things got a little bit messy, fellas. <laughs> we, we knew it was going to be a scrap. We knew there was, you know, from one to five, there was a lot of good lifters who on any given day could do it. Um, you had guys like returning champions like Manzo, who leading into had some phenomenal training that, and, and he'd posted up like a 250 kilo, which is a 551 pound squat and just manhandling deadlifts. Charlie came up from the 59s, uh, a phenomenal lifter, Jonathan Garcia, um, Morgan Garcia, and then Daniel Clements. All of these guys, any one of the people I just mentioned on a good day could have took it, or at the very least, they're gonna be scrapping it out for a podium. And once the battle started, we started seeing it. So. Fellas, what were your thoughts? Erie, maybe we'll start with you first. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it seemed like Charlie was like the odd man out. Like people put him at like, you know, fifth and then had the other guys kind of in there. But, you know, Charlie did his thing moving up a weight class and keeping up with those guys. Um, I, I don't want to make excuses for these guys, but and it is kind of maybe a recurring theme for nationals. But either a lot of the guys came in with issues or had issues at it because it seemed like Rodrigo came in late to weigh in. So maybe he had issues with making weight and it seemed like he was injured. Like he was hobbling around his squat wasn't where it was. So he seemed like he didn't come in hundred um, percent. Charlie, I think got like a groin issue maybe coming in or at the meet because like they were massaging his groin, trying to figure that out. Um, Jonathan, like, uh, you know, tweaked his back a little bit on the third bench. Uh, Morgan, I think on the second bench, like tweaked his back. So it was one of those things where like, you know, is top five battling it out and coming in, they were all pushing their bodies and at the meet they're pushing their bodies. And it was kind of like, they're all like, you know, trying to keep everything in one piece to stay alive. And the guy, Daniel Clements goes eight for eight. He locks it in on a second deadlift. And then he just goes for fun on, on the final deadlift. He, he had the day, no one else can keep up with him. What were your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, the guy that doesn't miss the deadlift is the guy that's going to win. And I mean, he yoloed at the end, um, Daniel, for, for shits and giggles kind of thing. Um, 
you know, he already locked up the second biggest total ever in that weight class, three and a half kilos behind or three kilos behind uh, Charles from 2019 Sweden. So, um, you know, he could have just taken a smaller jump and locked in that total, but you know, he'll do it at worlds. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys are right. Like to your point, whoever hits that last day, when you got a monster deadlift like that, you're going to be able to load whatever you need. And for him, that was in the second dead. And then after that, it was already locked and loaded and the gold was already around his neck. YOLO with a 318 kilo third attempt, which is a 66 kilo lifter, 145 pounds, attempting 700 pounds. It's freaking insane to say, right? So if he wanted to, if he's like, look at, I'm already the US national champion. I've already punched my ticket to go to Sweden. The only thing that would make this thing sweeter is if I could say I've also pulled, oh, by the way, I also pulled 700 pounds. Um, unfortunately, not meant to be, but nonetheless, and, uh, you know, surprise. So Morgan Garcia, despite missing a third squat, a third bench and a third deadlift, still came out with a, a very respectable 690 kilo total, taking the silver medal. Um, and that's partially because like Arian had said, a lot of these fellas were coming in injured. Manzo, who was the defending national champion, albeit from two years ago, but he, he only hit four of his nine lifts. I believe he said weight cutting was an issue. And I believe he said not only that, but on top of it, he was dealing with an injury as well. Cause like you said, he was hobbling around a little bit, but the type of fight fighters, some of these guys are, you only hit four, but you still don't bomb and you're still going to be in it and you're still trying all the way. And that's what you do is if you're not hundred percent and you know it, first off, be honest to your handlers and adjust your numbers and be a professional and finish your day. And if he's going to be as roughed up as he was to still come in the top five in the U S in, in turn, like a, a murderer's row that he's going against. Um, I mean, hats off to him. He did what he had to do. Uh, Jonathan, Gar look at Charlie Yang as well. I also want to point out, missed a squat opener, had to retake it on his second, and then on his third hit a 227 and a half. So, and ultimately he he missed his last deadlift. And I think he was trying to move up some placings because he he put on an extra 10 kilo for his last attempt there. But um, you know, if if he had not missed his opener, it could have changed as well. When you're when you're cutting weight like that, when you're going like the 59 kilo and the 66 kilo, sometimes you see these kind of things happen. Yeah. And a couple of things just to add in there about uh, Morgan Aguino Garcia's is one, it seemed like everyone wasn't watching him. Like everyone thought like, okay, you know, Daniel or Jonathan, maybe first and second people had Rodrigo third, maybe Charlie in there, but since Morgan hadn't competed in so long, like, Oh, he's got a 665 total. He's the odd man out. And he puts a 25, even missing all his thirds, he puts a 25 kilo total PR in there sneaks into second place. And also, I don't know if you remember, but I noticed it when you did the, I am with, Morgan got a lot of comments. He's got he's coached by the strength guys, but he also does coaching. His whole crew came in there commenting. No, it's true, man. Sometimes you don't understand the hype behind some of these guys because on like the social media followings privately, it could be like five thousand people, but it's a loyal five thousand. It's not a uh, casual five thousand. You have some people with far more of a following, but they're casually paying attention. You know, they might like your look. They might like, you know, you're strong, but they're not 100% behind you. Some people, if you get big enough, are following you to watch you fail, right? They're following you not because they're a fan. Not every follower is a fan, whereas his people, yeah, him, Kurt from the 59s, loyal man. Like, it was crazy how many people rallied behind him. And talking about the strength guys, sometimes coaches will reach out and be like, listen, I, I heard your preview show, and I think you're going to be a little surprised. And... um. Uh <laughs> 
Sure, Alfred, go ahead. Al- Alfred warned me. <laughs> you know what? Well, Alfred being one of those frank guys, one of your coworkers, yeah. And Morgan said when he reposted, he's like, I think I fucked up some people's fantasy pools and picks, huh? Didn't I? Because, uh, um, yeah, I mean, some of these totals we had said because of the two-year gap, it made it a little tougher to predict. It's been, For some of these guys, it was two years. Same with Manzo. We were like, look at his total isn't what some of these other fellas have, but he's won the U S nationals before he's crushing weights, but his total's old. It's not where you think it is. Unfortunately, he comes in hurt, dehydrated, whatever things happen, but um, it is, and, what, and, it was a, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and for Morgan, I don't know if it was, it was hype, but it could be, if you've met him, if you've talked to him, he's a nice dude. Like he's one of the nicest guys out there, super chill, super friendly. And so he's hard to hate. Is he? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? A lot of these dudes is like that. I've noticed. He, he he's next level nice. That's the way. Is I he next it. level yeah. nice? Well, maybe we'll have him on the podcast, my man. Um, he certainly did well. And I also want to say, so when we're going through these, not a full on preview show, um, but also quickly talk about what's waiting for them at World. So obviously, if you're 59, we're talking about Shahid there. That is the land of Fedoshenko from Russia. And if anyone's wondering, let me just pull this up on the last thing. Uh... Shahid will probably be ranked in the top three. It'll be him, like Fedo, Franklin Leone, and then Shahid will probably be ranked third with nominations there. And then uh, Clements will be ranked first as long as no one else competes by then. So it'll probably be Clements, then Gladkick, um, you know, Panna, and the rest of the guys kind of follow from there. So Clements will be the number one seed going in. Well, okay. So let me talk about that one sec. But um, so Fedoshenko, if someone's wondering, he posted up a 620 total. Uh, so he's a good 40 kilo ahead, but you never know, man. Shahid can cover some ground. 40 kilo, I don't know. That's a big ask. But probably Fedoshenko is going to be a pretty, pretty big favorite there. Um, let's talk about those 66 is the 60. Yeah, but, but Fetty, yeah, but well, Fetty's put up like 650 before. Like, yeah, he's like 620 was at their nationals and just, just Sam Megan, yeah, yeah. 670.5 in March 2020. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say he's put up 670 as well before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that as well. Um, but uh, let, so talking about the 66s though, um, I know Gladkick Sergey, who's obviously back to back world champion. And uh, he had been defeated by Charles Apoko back-to-back times, but he's actually in Russia. Now, going on the open powerlifting, it can be difficult. Sometimes some of the Ukrainian, Russian, and Eastern Bloc nations don't always post their results, but I know he has posted a 700-kilo total before. And um, with our boy putting up a 7 Clement's putting up a 702.5, literally 2.5 kilos separate those two gentlemen. And Gladkick is used to international travel, um, he's used to the world championships in terms of the, the judging and whatnot. So it is a super tight race. And then on top of that, Pena put up a 696. So he, it's, he's not exactly far behind. Like these guys are literally a bench press attempt away. Like it's, it's, they're super close. The 66 is at the, so at the U S level was phenomenal at the international level, probably even tighter. Because we, at the U.S. level, we only one of them had hit 700 and up. And that was when he was a weight class up. And there's a bit of intangibles there, what will happen. Now we have a couple fellas that are, we have two of them who have hit 700 or up. And another one who's just a couple kilo away. And let me tell you, Penna, his 696, he was disappointed with 696. He was like, I, he, cause in his last deadlift, he YOLO'd it for um, seven, like well over 700 kilo. If there was other competition there, he's not YOLOing his last dead. 
Penn is a monster. So the the 66 is at Worlds. We're not going to go to a full-on preview show, but I'm telling you, Sweden goes down. It's going to be one of the best battles. Bill, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, and there's also a kid from Russia that almost beat Glad Kick at their nationals, Ilya Marchek. And he's 19 years old. He's a junior, uh, sub-junior world champion. He missed his last deadlift to actually beat Glad Kick. The lights went out in the, in the competition, and they had to actually put, like, phones and flashlights on oh. to finish the competition. It was, it was actually really, really cool. But anyway, but... Um, like a fucking rock concert. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, like, but this kid, if he's not on the open team this year, in, like, a year or two, he's the kid that's going to be the, the, the one to beat. I, I'm just calling it right now. So Talk anyway, 19? Yeah. 19? 19 years old, yeah, yeah, 665 at 19. And and don't forget yeah. our two buddies you have uh Shea Sun Ting with a big deadlift, then you got Eddie Berglin with the big bench. Yeah. You know what? I fudge me, do I forget Eddie? You guys told me in the group chat you keep forgetting to say Berglin's name. Um, yeah, man, the 66 is internationally is absolutely stacked. The U.S. nationals was super fun and stacked, worlds is even bigger, and um, and again, they're spread out. So it's going to be good. One sec. I'm going to pop on another light here. I think I'm a little dark. One sec. There we go. Thank you, kind loves. Um, yeah, so the, it's it was a super stacked division. Let's move on, though. All right. The this, will be, this, will be the short, this will be the shortest one of all. <laughs> <laughs> Look at man. What the hell can we say about Taylor Atwood? Um all right, allow me to be, let, let me pull up some of the stats here because moments afterwards and, the, and how flipping cool was this that the strength guys were actually within minutes of Taylor finishing had that infographic of all the historic levels that his total was. And um, so like, how confident were you guys that Taylor well, was None gonna... of them were there, that's the problem. None of them were, were there. So they were able to just put it up on their phone ready to go. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm saying though they had this infographic ready. You know what I mean? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> send, send Matt Gary to do the handling, and we're all on the computer. <laughs> That's right. So Taylor Atwood, a perfect nine for nine. Obviously, no, um, eight I'll just for nine. Quick, or, eight or for sorry. Nine. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, he missed that 200. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> that is the kicker. So, anyways, let me back it up. Four squats finished off with a 303 squat. Um, took his record back and in the bench press, he went two for three, the 200 kilo. He, he got it, but jumped the press command, which, and it looked like it looked good for him. And then later on in the same week, he ended up hitting 215, something ridiculous. So it looks like he's good for it. I, he probably got a little excited jumping the press command, which is that is going to come back. Not because um, obviously he more than had enough to win, but because of historical significance, if you keep in mind five kilo, keep this in mind, the five kilo, he gave away five kilo with a press command, put a pin in that. I'm going to double back to that in one second. So because he jumped the press command, but later on the week hit a 215, like, look, I'm good for it. Went on to deadlifts and ended up pulling a 340.5, a 750 pound deadlift. This is a 163 pound man. And ended up with an 838.5 kilo total. Absolutely monster total for a 74. How monster? Ranked number one all time by Goodlift points, dots, IPF points, Wilkes formula, old and new. The 
the 74 kilo as well as the 75 kilo record, which is the untested. So nobody using as much gear as they want is going to catch up to this man. Um, raw or with wraps, tested or untested. First 74 kilo lifter to total 1,800 pounds. First fully tested lifter to achieve 600 Wilks in the heaviest 11 times body weight total in history and it tested. And the reason why I wanted you guys to keep in mind that five kilo he gave away on bench because he's four and a half kilo behind Russell Orhe a weight class up. I mean, it, how freaking crazy was this performance? It was historical. There's Taylor Atwood, and then there's everybody else in the world, tested or untested. And if you don't believe me, if there's nobody else in the untested that can come close because he beats out everybody in the untested in his weight, well, it's a kilo up even, but roughly his own weight class as well. It's freaking insane, fellas. What do you want to add? Is there anything you could add to that beyond this guy's on cheat mode? He's on God mode and we're living in, in the matrix and somebody's jacked up his vitals and it's not fun. It's not fair. It's, <laughs> it's fun to watch, but not to go against. It's just another case of, uh, again, it's not to make excuses for those other guys. It's just to like see these patterns, which could be, you know, having the two years off from nationals and also like you're trying to chase the top dogs, you're overreaching maybe in training and also in the competition, which could be a good thing that we're getting so much depth now and people trying to chase the top people that it seemed like Austin Perkins was off. Something was wrong. His squat and Delph were down. Um, his squat, his, I think his Delph was down at collegiate nationals when he did that a few months ago as well. Michael C said he got like injured, like, you know, six weeks ago or something like that going into nationals. So his numbers were down. I think uh, Ricky Cho said he was injured for when he did the Virginia meet. And then here he had trouble cutting weight. I think it's like cut his hair just to make weight. And, and, you know, his Delph was down as well. So these guys are trying so hard to chase at Atwood and beat him and are pushing themselves so hard in training that it, you know, leads some like, you know, some tweaks and tears and whatever's going on here and there. And then, yeah, you see this, you know, 60 kilo, 70 kilo difference in total. Bill, what you Yeah, thought? I just want to throw out there that like the 2019 version of nationals and the 2021 version of nationals. And you have Ryan here. 2019 is that, oh, it's going to be a battle of all these 74s back and forth. And who's going to take the first 800, whatever. And then now it's like, he's on God mode. No one can touch him. <laughs> Listen, hang on a second. Let me defend myself. Okay. Yeah. Going into this, Atwood was 812. Perkins was 800 where it wasn't that bad. Like that was, that's tight. I mean, especially when you're talking 800 kilo, 12 kilo is, I mean, that's one deadlift attempt. You miss an attempt and all of a sudden the other guy wins. So I, I you're right. Um, I, I, it was not the battle we all anticipated, but it was, it wasn't just that I totally misjudged a lot of people. Some we had a 30 kilo drop on Perkins that I wouldn't have been able to see. I probably, I was expecting, I, I picked that with to win, but I didn't, it's hard to pick somebody dropping 30 kilo. Uh, Michael C went four for nine. Although I'll tell you what, Michael, despite everything that he went through going into this and he had said, yeah, he got injured, but he didn't want to pull out went four for nine did not bomb again. If anything you could take away from, not only did he not bomb, he got a bronze medal in the U.S. Open. Um, so, and he adjusted in previously where he had come close to bombing or not being able to put together a total, realizing I've been here before, let me play with the cards I'm dealt and get the best I can, which is a bronze medal. You know, and, and now he said, I'm now moving on to the 83s. 
my 74 kilo performances were a little volatile. I wasn't putting forth what I had in the gym onto the platform. Let's move on. Good. Again, more mature decisions. So not only on the day of was he learning to adjust, but um, also in the bigger picture, being like, let's not stop trying to force it if it's not there. So I liked what I saw from Michael and I got that from the DMs talking to him. And um, it was, man, he's, he's adjusted. Um, in terms of Eric Lapointe, you know, he came out, he misses third squat, misses first dead, went up in weight anyways for 700 kilo, missed his second dead. And then it's, oh my God, Eric, are you about to bomb out because you just put your hand in the cookie jar and you, you wanted to, you know, you just wanted that big deadlift and my man hit that 317.5 and said, not today do I bomb. No, I did not have, here's what's special about this, what can happen in sports. Ordinarily, he would be disappointed with a 717.5 kilo total. If he, in his last deadlift, he looks, sees the scorecard and he's like, that's what I'm walking away with. I'm disappointed. Because of the way the deadlifts were unfolding, he's fa- he's facing bombing out and not and it'll be the egg on your face moment where it's like you refuse to retake your opener, jumped up and wait anyways, we're about to bomb out. Cause he hit that dead when nobody thought he was gonna be able to. His celebration of yes, that is how we end this day. It's not the day I wanted, but we're ending on a high note. Um, I liked it, man. It's one of again, it's one of those uh, moral s- stories, a moral victory, if you will. And then Ricky Cho, when he lifted and competed, you know, like, I think it was like two or three weeks, like close to this. I have never, like his, he was saying in the caption, you know, I hit some easy top singles, but they didn't on video look as easy as he was saying in the caption, which is normal for people to think, man, that moves smooth. That moves easy. I got a lot more in the tank. Usually you're closer to the edge than you think you are. Not always, but usually. I do think that competing and going all nine attempts and, you know, was, I thought it was a mistake at the time, but I was like, whatever. Um, Ricky knows what he's doing, but looking back, it looked like maybe that might've been, I get it testing the water cut and you want to be on point. Gotcha. But I think he might've pushed himself a little too hard. Given no, he just did that meet to win some money and pay for nationals. I mean, I, I, that was this, no, no, trust me. He did the, he did the same thing before worlds in Sweden. You know, they run the cash meets in Virginia and he did the meet. He won best lifter in the lightweight men and won a thousand bucks or whatever it was to pay for his trip. But would you, so, so here's what I would say. Would you trade up, would you trade up your national performance the biggest show for a thousand dollars? I'm not saying I would do it. I was saying that's what he did. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I got you. I got you. I, I still, I I think you're right, but I still think I'm right that it was a bad idea, but it is what it is. Fudge it. Uh, you know, cause you could, <laughs> I could pay my way to nationals and then be upset with my performance there and be right. like, Oh, I don't know what I paid for, but it is what it is. Fine. Whatever. And uh, I'd be interested to see if Ricky decides to go 83 as well as Michael. And they are the same class moving up in junior. They battled in Sweden for the junior title. Ricky, it was an amazing battle right down to the end. Ricky uh, got silver. Michael got gold. So maybe they continue this back and forth in the 83s. We'll see. Um, any more, sorry, go ahead, Eric. No, yeah. As I was going to say, I like it. How, um, also in this weight class is Dallas Bay who got sixth, who used to be at 66 and he decided to move up to 74th and he's put a lot in his total. He's like slowly progressing, working his way up. So it'd be interesting to see Ricky and Michael do the same thing, go up to 83s and see what kind of pro- progress they can make on their bodies now, especially for Michael. Cause I know he's chasing that 800, but getting 800 in the 74s and getting 883s is 
kind of similar in placing. So like now, if you don't have to deal with the weight cut and your body feels good, and you can get that 800, you're going to be up there in the, in the top five, whether the, it's 74s or 83s, and maybe even get up there into, you know, second or third. It's interesting you say that. That's exactly the conversation we were having is, he said, my, my perf- what I was putting forth in, in training wasn't coming forth on the platform. Obviously cutting weight's going to have a lot to do with that. Um, so, but he said, if I took my top numbers from the gym, and put them on the platform. If I could do that, I would be in the 800s. So he's like, I'm just going to stop cutting. Go 83. 83 yeah. <laughs> and, and let's see where my 800 and something puts me, just like you said. And um, we'll, you know, we won't jump ahead just yet, but we will in a moment. And you'll see, yeah, once you're into the low 800s, you're placing. So immediately he would be placing. So yeah, it's, it's the same with Ricky might be telling himself the same thing. You fellas want to add some more to this? Nope. All right. And, um, and what do you guys think about the fact that Taylor, had he not missed that bench? I mean, obviously Russell could have done a little bit more as well. So, you know, we, we, if we're going to, he missed his last deadlift though, Russell. Right. But, but they went up seven and a half. Right. Oh, you mean like just to beat Taylor if it was a half a kilo? Yeah. Yeah. If they're, if they're actually head to head. Right. right. I gotcha. Or even, or even if he knew, let's say Taylor hit that earlier the day, Russell knew his win was already locked in and he's like, okay, I don't have to beat any more 83s, but I already know what Taylor ended up with. And I'll be goddamned if Taylor's going to out total be. So I think Russell wouldn't have let it happen. He probably would have lowered the dead. Um, I'm not guaranteeing he would have hit it, but I think he would at least try to establish that. Cause when Russell was on the podcast, he said, he was like, I don't care if I'm a chip hire. I'm, I'm, I'm going more, you know, you're not taking that on me. So, um, I give that to Russell. Let's move on with that. Let's move on to the 83s fellas. And we had the battle turned into a bit of a skirmish. We, we, uh, it, it, the war turned into a hunt and, um, Russell essentially ate food in this. I mean, he ended up not, not quite as bad pulling away as Atwood, but a good 20 kilo ahead it uh, he was comfortable right down to by the time he hit his second last dead, it was already locked up. Um, what were your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I kind of told you guys about Delaney, um, Holy would be in, the, be in that 820s or whatever, and you know, we ended up being second place, which was badass. Um, you know, Angelo pulling into third place, beating out Gruden was pretty cool at the end. Um, sucks for Deuce, but I mean, awesome for Angelo, of course. Um, yeah, and Russ kind of did exactly what I thought he would do that low 840s or whatever. Um, yeah, with my what about Nori? I could, again? I had no, I had Sean at like 850, 851, 850 and a half. Holy so sugar, like, did you really? Yes, that's why I kind of went with that with that pick, and it just kind of bums me out because like this is exactly what I expected from Russ, and it was a hell of a day. I mean, the best ever 83 kilo performance ever. Um, but I just thought based off of Sean's training and stuff like that, that it was going to be the day for him. So it sucks, but um, hopefully he comes back and he'll be good. I'm glad he finished the meet. I'm glad he did a deadlift. So at least he didn't, you know, just bomb out or just walk away or whatever, yeah. which was nice. But um, yeah, no, I mean, and then Jamar obviously coming out and like, I don't even know what the hell that was. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what the hell that was. So, I mean, so, just, so real quick, yeah. So if anyone you know doesn't know, obviously 
we had a kind of a bet with uh, Ryan about Jamar hitting an eight, uh, 700 pound deadlift, or uh, sorry, 700 pound squat. And if he didn't, he was going to give up KOTL to Arian for a month. So Jamar comes out, hits a 300 kilo opener. Was okay, fine. You know, sunk it, nice. Then he jumps five kilos to 305. So now all of us are like, wow, it's over now. There's no chance he's even going to attempt this thing. And he hits 305, and it was not easy at all. Can I say something? (laughs) My heart, when I saw 305, I was like, oh, no. And people were hitting me up in the DMs uh, from friends or people who just listen to the podcast or people who just follow the Instagram and seen all the posts and were like, holy shit, Arian's about to take over KOTL. And I was like, oh, no. In and then we, then, we, yeah, then we saw we put in the 318 and we're like, all right, he's definitely trolling Ryan right now. There's yeah. no way. I, you know what? There's I, no way he's coming out even attempting this thing. There's no chance. And dude comes out and smokes the thing. We're like, what the fuck just happened? I, I told um, Russell in the, in the Russell podcast, I said, when he put on, when he did 305 and it was that bad and it looked like max, it looked like that was your max for the day, sir. I, I think I, the way it looked two and a half kilo would have been too much. Okay. That's how bad it was. And um, when he put on 318, I was like, I told Russell, I'm like, I built this up for the last two years and I painted this poor guy in a corner where he's like, I have to try 318-700. I have to be the first ever because fucking six-pack from King of the Lifts has been doing this for two years and he made a huge bet and tagged me. He's telling everyone on the podcast he's blowing it up and Arian's going to take over KOTL. <laughs> Arian's face is on Ray's body on the logo the whole night. And, and I'm thinking, I felt terrible like, did I just back this guy up where he's forced just peer pressure from the whole community into, I made a storyline out of something that didn't have to be a storyline. He was already going to be the first 700 pound squatter in 80 in an 83 kilo class. But he told me what the story was. Cause I messaged him right afterwards and said, my dude, I almost had a heart attack on your 305. He's like, you telling me, um, he said, I cut a lot of weight for when, when I hit, by the time I hit the platform, my belt in training was fitting totally different with my belt on the platform. I couldn't brace against it properly like I'm used to. So after the 305, I went to the back, told them, load up 318. And they're kind of like, fuck, (laughs) all right. And he's like, it's just the belt. And you know, when everyone in your crew is like, okay, we're doing this, we're committed, it's 318. If he thinks it's just the belt, the power of belief, we have to tell him, it's just the belt. You know, you got to start believing like, you're right. It is just the belt. And he took off his belt and he fucking tightened it up and they're getting all, it's just the belt. You got this, just the belt. He said he walked out there and he smoked 700 pounds, 318 kilo. He, he, he hit it better than his 305. It was smoother. It was work, but he hit it smoother than his 305 was. And I'm, and he was celebrating. I was celebrating. I almost had tears in my eyes. So did Arian for the opposite reason. And um, Arian was already in my DMs. You know, you could see when someone's typing. Uh, he was already <laughs> typing. He's already asking me for the password. He's already typing the password. And so anyways, on Monday, this is my schedule. He had to schedule up. And his Settle, schedule. Settled out over there, sir. He had some selfies. He's going to post some shirtless and stuff. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I got in my Hootsuite schedule for the first week, and it's looking nice. Um, I wasn't even watching. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and those and that message was quickly quickly deleted before I could screenshot it. But <laughs> take my word for it. That's what he wrote. T- Tino was the one watching, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so so, anyways, um, hits. Well, it, luckily, it, well, luckily he had the SPD belt, right? So it was just an easy fix instead of having to unscrew and screw it back in with one of the tightener inser belts. So, I mean. Chill. Look at this guy. All right, easy. Are you on the take? Because you share that money if you are. Look at his smile. He's he goes, he goes, I just made fifty dollars, by the way. Listen, man, it's the, it's the best belt on planet Earth. What can I say? He just made another fifty dollars. Take it easy. He goes, and I just Aaron, got Aaron, you should get one and try it. He goes, he, he comes on the podcast. Sorry I'm late, fellas. I just got out of Subway having a delicious foot long meatball. Did you know that the meatballs are half price today? I'm like, easy, Bill. Share I want that. that belt, Bill, but I also want those new knee wraps oh fuck fellas settle down man <laughs> benjamin banks is listening it's like oh hell yeah that's my boys <laughs> but um anyways yeah no that that was i love it when there's side stories to some of these and that was a beautiful side story because not just because of our you know our silly side bet but literally this guy has been chasing 700 for the last two years maybe even longer um, and to see him get it, it meant the world to him. And I'm glad and he's the first to cross it. Um, not only that, uh, you guys are absolutely right. 14-0 pulling to just nudge ahead of John Gruden with an 808 total, um, a monster deadlift, a 345.5. He's deadlifted more, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's deadlifted more. He actually said, I think he said on his caption, it's tough, man. You know, he's like, it, it was a... You know, I think I had him at an 820, but that's that's when everything's perfect. You know what I mean? Everything has to be perfect for people to hit that. And that's not usually life. You know, a shitty sleep, bad food, whatever the hell it is. Maybe the weight cuts. Well, plus the fact, I mean, like, again, you're going for placing, right? He was yeah. going, he was, he was chipping to get third place. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if Gruden was a higher total, then he would have chipped it and gone higher and he could have hit that 820. You know what I mean? So when you get in a position like that, where at these meets, you know, it's really hard to predict totals because you have to basically predict them off of what other people are going to do. And you're just going to incrementally beat them. So like, you know, if it was a, you know, a, a local meet or the Arnold or whatever, just go balls to the wall and whatever, you know, yeah. RP 10 on everything, no big deal. But um, in these kind of meets, like you said, it's, it's important. And he ended up with a record and the bronze medal. Yeah. Perfect day for him. He did good. He yeah. did good. I had him pegged for a bronze. He ended up in the bronze. Um, Walt Delaney Wallace, man. I had Sean obviously for the silver, but after the picks, we started getting DMs. There was a hype video on Delaney Wallace. There's people sliding in saying, "You guys are way sleeping on Delaney Wallace." Like we no, talked. No, no, about hold on, you guys. No, you, you guys, you, you Bill, you guys, you son of a bitch. What did you have him as? I had him a third behind Sean, but I said I, I did have him at eight twenty plus. Okay, I had him at fourth at eight seventeen point five. I can't remember what play. I know I had him. I had uh, seventh. You picked him seventh. No, I didn't. There's no <laughs> chance. Because I know, I know, I had Russ, Sean, then Fortino, and I didn't pick. Like I didn't see Sean bombing out, and I thought Fortino was going to pull for bronze. But um, I mean, obviously Wallace had a, a bigger total than Fortino, so I probably would have got it wrong anyways. But uh, if Sean didn't bomb, but I knew I had him around top five. Like he's he's a phenomenal lifter. Look at. Leading into this, when people started hitting me up in the DMs, like, you know, you start feeling the momentum and then you're like, holy smokes, there's too much momentum on this guy. You know, and he put out a hype video and it essentially was saying, 
people are sleeping, but this is my coming out party and everybody's going to know about it. And I watched that video. And by the end of the video, I was like, Oh, I think I made a mistake. And I shared the video and I put a caption in the share. I shared it in the stories saying, watch this video and let me know if you're rethinking where you thought Delaney was going to end up. And I had a couple of people be like, that was hype. <laughs> that was a hype video, man. Um, so yeah, a star is born right there. He's going to be a problem, man. Um, in the future and 822.5, he's an all round lifter too. He misses third squat, but he's, he's a threat in all places. He doesn't angel. He doesn't have Angelo Fortino's dead, but he's got a sizable dead on him. Um, moving ahead. He's not just, he's going to for Sean for a long time. It was Russ, Sean, Russ, Sean domestically, not worldwide. I know Brett, Tim Monogatti. We'll talk about those guys in one stitch. Um, but for a long time, Russ Sean, Russ Sean. That's not the case anymore. Can, we can say that safely now, huh, fellas? Yeah, next year it'll be Sean Russ. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got all these guys coming, and, and they're all they're all basically the same age. You know, Russ, Delaney, and Gruden are all 94. Angel's 93. They're all young guys. You know, they're all going to be progressing together. And so you're going to see, you know, if Sean gets back and he's up there over 800, Jamar's up there over 800, then, yeah, it's going to be like, really crazy each nationals of like, do you go for first and fall into third or fourth, or do you play it safe and go for second? So it should be interesting going forward. Or then you also have the whole showdown thing. So like, is Sean going to go do the showdown, which signed up for, and then he's not back for next year. So the thing is, okay. So yeah, let's, let's talk beyond U S nationals. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't want to like open up a whole bag of can of worms I'm saying like going forward. Like if that's a thing, if he does this meet in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever, then yeah. he ain't coming back. So well, so here's the thing. So first off, I, I would say Russ with 20 kilo ahead, he'd still be a pretty good favorite for next year. But oh, yeah, having yeah. said that for second place, I'm not saying Sean's like getting bumped off, but I'm saying I really do believe the like Angelo and Gruden, obviously, and obviously Delaney have closed the gap. By the time you see Angelo and Gruden again, they'll be around the 820 range or 820 and up because they're already pretty close, relatively speaking, as long as they have good days. I understand this is sports. And then Wallace is already there into the 820s. Sean now is shoulder to shoulder with these fellas. It isn't Russ, then Sean, then everyone else. It's Russ and then a bunch of people. And um, you have a single miss and if anybody is at all inconsistent at the top end level, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a medal, not just a color of a medal. It could cost you a medal altogether. I mean, if one, all these guys are equally good and you could be off by five kilo and bumped right off the podium, it's, it's harsh, man. It's Because people are going to start getting medals off body weight. And people are going to start, and then third place is five kilo behind, and then you're off the podium when you're right neck and neck with these guys. It's not like you're not up there with them. Um, but to your point in terms of what Sean's going to do next, do you think it would impact him all knowing how he's going to be leaving us nationals? If he hit, if he was the gold medalist, it's different leaving on the highest of highs. Or if he came in silver, because like if you're gold to be tempting to go to Sweden, go for a world championship, being in a world champions, huge on the resume for the rest of your life. Um, but even if he came silver, I think he's more likely to do the showdown if he comes in silver. So he, the IPF world is off the table. He's silver and he's like, nah, I don't know if, if I, I lost a Russ. I've lost Russ a few times. I wouldn't mind shaking it up. I can come back. I'm not backing away from Russ, but what the hell? 
let's shake it up. Let's try a new goal. Let's just see what happens. I feel like you'd be more likely, but now that he, he got what happened, happened. Does he leave now on the sour note? Do you think that does that matter? I think what matters more is how bad the injury is because whether it's worlds or showdown, it's about three month turnaround. So how long is it going to take him for to recover from the hamstring or whatever the issue was, and then be able to add on to his total? Cause maybe his goal was like, Hey, I'm going to hit between 825 and let's say 845 at nationals and then be able to improve in three months to come at showdown at tip top shade, hit maybe 850, 860, depending on what he can do with a water cut and Delafar and stuff like that. But now if he's injured and he's only going to be at like, you know, 800 at showdown, does he even do it? Yeah. That's a one. That's a, that's a really good to add in. Um, obviously there was a little bit of a video circulating with him in the background of Hayden Bowe's, uh, um, one of his bench videos and, um, you know, the ninjas out there, they don't, they don't miss nothing. And, uh, he was in the background of the hybrid doing some deads, but it wasn't heavy. So I'm just borrowing, I'm using it as an indication of how bad the hamstring might be torn. I'm using that as, I mean, it wasn't heavy, so it could be a partial tear and he's just feeling it out. And, and he maybe didn't even like what he felt. Cause it wasn't, uh, it was like warm up weight for him. So maybe he's just testing to see where are we at, where are we at? And I, I don't have the answer. He might've left that being like, fuck me. It's worse than I thought it was. Cause you know, when, when you feel a bit of a tear, sometimes you stop before it gets really bad. You're not going to go until the, the thing it's a, a grade three tear and it's hanging. That's terrible. So you stop like he did smart. Good. Terrible. Um, dude, I've had, well, if I had a, a calf tear, it was partial. And then I kept going. Cause I was whatever long story and I, it became a complete tear. And so I was one of the guys who kept going after it was partial. If you lay off on his partial and just test the here and there to see where you're at, you might be okay. So I think that's probably where he was at. I don't know the answer though, but um, yeah, maybe he doesn't do showdown. Maybe we see him again, USAPL sooner than we thought. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, time will tell. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, we had a video of him benching today. It was like, you know, 210 kilos or whatever it was. So, I mean, could be in okay shape, could not be. I don't know. I honestly don't know. If yeah. it was me, if I was him, I would stay and, you know, shoot for that IPF gold at some point. Um, you know, since it, you know, kind of eluded him in Belarus a couple of years ago as a junior. And I know he's been, you know, working, working, working for it. So, if I was him, I would stay, but I'm not. So, who knows? He's, he's look at the, the kid works hard, man. He's all types of talented, extremely passionate about powerlifting as good a technician and gets the most out of his body as you're going to find. Um, see, I don't want him to end on a sour note is what I don't want, but, uh, but he is also young enough that if he left, he could leave for a year, come back and you know, it, yeah. the, the sun still shines. However, as we saw, when you miss one U.S. Raw Nationals and come back, a whole new cast of characters come and they're flipping strong, <laughs> right? Like Angelo two years ago, Delady two years ago, Gruden two years ago weren't there podiuming and vying and stuff. It's a new cast of characters. Russ is still there, but it doesn't get easier. Um, but anyways, um, and Jamar as well, he's, he's only going to get stronger. Let's move it along, fellas. 93 kilo class. Let me shift over. I'm looking at the scorecard here. I got to... Yeah, real quick, just internationally, New Zealand's oh, not sending it. Yeah, New Zealand's not sending a team this year. So unless something strange happens, Russ should be the heavy, 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 heavy favorite. 
look out for my boy Ulan pulling 390 for his last deadlift to win. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, it, and you know what's funny is because New Zealand, which isn't a massive country and um, a far less population, but their 83 kilo class, they got obviously Brett Gibbs, who is one in one with Russ, and they still need their tiebreaker. And Brett can total on any given day. I mean, he's had. It's been a while since he's competed due to the lockdowns, but he's had mock meets where he's like, I think he had one, correct me if I'm wrong, where he went up to like 865 even. Um, I don't know if he cut weight for it. If I th- He put his weight. If he didn't cut weight, he was really close. But an 865 is ridiculous. Like he's capable of some crazy numbers. So Brett Russell openly tell you is one guy that he does – he, he, he's, he gets timid when he sees it. He says, I think Brett's stronger than me and I need things to work in my favor. Um, handling, possible, missed lift, et cetera. Cause he openly says, I think Brett might be stronger. He says, maybe he's closing the gap now though. Cause I, you know, I got uber faith in both those gentlemen. And Tim Monogatti, who a young guy who's a junior when we were in Sweden, he's also totaled 800 kilo in 2020. And by now he's probably paced to be into the 800 kilo. I mean, he's already an 800 kilo somewhere. So if he's even put 10 kilo in there, he's podium. I mean, he's hitting the podium for the U S raw Nats level. Um, so he's right there. And uh, he would also be like, you know, just he's a top end 83. Unfortunately with New Zealand, not going, we miss Brett and Tim Frigman. <laughs> It's tough, fellas. Arian's boy, uh, Fata, might be the uh, silver medalist. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, Russ might be a heavy favorite, but yeah, that guy's at 797.5 two years ago. And right. U- Ulan's at 795 four years ago. So who knows what these guys have been doing, what kind of training they've been doing, and, and what they'll come with. Yeah, four years ago, Ulan was 795. So he's got to be into, unless he stopped, he has to be into the 800s. And as we saw, early 800s is where, like, I know the projections, well, some people got a little carried away, maybe I was one of them, and started thinking, oh my God, the podium's going to be like 830 and up. But um, you don't have to be that deep in the 83s to be a major contender, if as long as you're in the 800s. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when the nominations come out, fellas. How about those 93s, though? Talking about the intangibles that can come in life. Uh, we got Jonathan um, booked. Uh, how, how do we pronounce his last name properly again? Kaiko. Kaiko. That's right. Um, for the longest time, I was saying Keiko. The guy is so flipping nice. He didn't say nothing when he's on the podcast last time. But uh, Jonathan Kaiko, um, I mean, he, he's, he's dealt with some things in, in his personal life. Um, as well as some crazy travel issues and et cetera. Body weight, I'm told, was down due to some things in his personal life. I'll let him go into details when he comes on the podcast. We got him booked for tomorrow. But um, yeah, his total went down a little bit. And although that gave him the scare of his life, it gave us quite the entertaining battle battle between him and Gavin Eden. Gavin finishing off with an 880 and Jonathan finishing off with an 880.5 and I'm going a perfect nine for nine, but I'm sure in his head, it wasn't a perfect day because obviously, um, you know, his total dropped that last 340 kilo deadlift that he pulled for the win. He literally broke down in tears um, because it meant so much and not to just sell the podcast that's coming up, but when you hear his story and what he's been through, you'll know why Um, he overcame quite a bit. 
So Jonathan sealing the deal. And then um, with an 852.5, we got Cameron Smith. Chance Mitchell coming in in fourth with an 845. And not far beyond him is Connor Borkert, who was the uh, former junior world champion, coming with an 842.5, missing his last two deadlifts and uh, finishing a little shorter probably than he thought he was going to. Justin Rogers, um, 837.5. Fellas, what did you think? Bill, you want to go? Or Arian, let, let's let you go, sir. Yeah, man. Unfortunately for for Connor, for him was watching, he his just grip was slipping out on the second and third deadlift. So I don't know if he's had grip issues before or what the issue was for that. But unfortunately, that held him back because he could have probably locked in third place if it, he held his grip and it was just on strength. But since he didn't have that, it dropped him to fifth. So I initially had him at second and Gavin at third, but it being like you know two and a half kilo difference, and it ended up just being that Gavin was the one who. Um, executing got second Connor had the grip issue so then Cameron Smith sneaked into third and chance into fourth um, with Jonathan Keiko looking at his second and third deadlift they're both pretty comfortable just whatever they needed because they had the bigger deadlift so Gavin goes and pulls whatever he needed which is kind of an all-out max for him and then Keiko just pulls you know comfortable what I thought was a comfortable third to seal it so I think he had more in him so I don't think his strength was down that low with everything going on um, so now we'll see with, you know, the pandemic being behind and the travel issues and the body weight and all that stuff like that, what kind of progress he can make for worlds. What do you think of there, Bill? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we kind of talked about before. It's just like, you kind of, when you're in the driver's seat, you kind of play to the level of the person that's there and just do enough to win. So everyone's like, Oh, well, his numbers are down. Well, yeah, his numbers are down. Cause he, all, that's all he had to do to win. So why try, why do more if you don't have to kind of thing. Um, I think the other big issue in this one, Mo, was the whole like chance with the um, illegal spray on the back um, that, again, I, I wasn't at Nationals. I've, I've been home the whole time, so I was kind of hearing bits and pieces from different people. Um, but I guess from anyone who doesn't know, apparently that um, his coaches were spraying some adhesive on his back for bench press. And um, the someone alerted the jury. The jury came over, wiped it down off of him kind of thing. Um, and I guess it's now been proven that the, the spray was actually a legal spray because it was just a resin and water spray. Is that true, Arian? That's, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, apparently someone asked Tony Smith, who is the chairman of the technical committee for the IPF, and he said that he's fine with it. Yeah, so again, <laughs> there, there, a lot of people made a big deal about, you know, cheating, cheating, cheating. But, you know, now everyone go get the adhesive spray for your back <laughs> on the bench. Press. Oh, shit. I didn't know. <laughs> wow. So you're allowed to? Yeah, I mean, even even at the meet, I, I don't know who it was that went and told the jury and the techno controller knew. And so that person on the jury that came in the back was Robert Keller, who's the secretary of the IPF. He came back, I believe, for David Wilson first because Chance sprayed on David as well. So I believe he came back for David Wilson first and like patted down his back and he felt it and he said, hey, wipe it off and don't use that anymore. So he didn't want them using it, but he didn't just deem it as like a disqualification. Then they went back. Then they came back again a second time for chance and again, patted him down and told him, Hey, wipe it off and told the him and the coaches do not use it anymore. And they said, okay, we're not going to use it anymore. And uh, again, just wipe it off and didn't deem it a disqualification. But people are wondering, Hey, is this actually legal or not? Cause you can use like chalk resin, talc, baby powder, that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess someone asked uh, honey Smith and honey says, okay, so I'm going to be staying away from everyone. 
when everyone's in the warm room spraying all this stuff in the air. <laughs> I, don't wanna up, be, I don't want to be inhaling this resin spray. But listen, if resin's allowed and it's and what they sprayed was resin and water, then yeah, it's still resin. It doesn't matter, like chalk and water is still chalk. If you're allowed water and chalk, then that's it. It's a... Uh, we we do inhale we do inhale chalk and baby powder meats as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you don't put it on your feet, though. I mean, it basically, nothing but water is allowed on your feet. So you can't even put chalk on your feet. So, but mm. just to get this out here, Chance Mitchell and David Wilson are not cheaters, guys. <laughs> Everyone, clear their name. They're not cheaters. There it is. There it is. As a matter of fact, maybe they're brilliant, man. Maybe they they innovators. Be- they should be getting a sponsorship from whatever the freak company it was because this is the best. Every podcast, every post is talking about it now. Um, yeah, I mean, before this, it was like people asking like, hey, is liquid chalk allowed? Because like, you know, sometimes it's easier to bring liquid chalk and like easier to put on your hands while making a mess. And like, oh, well, what about the other ingredients in, the, in it? Does that make it legal? And, and you know, USAPL said it's fine. And now maybe this is a new thing. Hey, is resin spray is a spray version legal? And it's like, oh, maybe it's legal. And yeah, they're, they're the innovators. Maybe. Dude, liquid chalk sucks. At least the kinds that I've ever tried. Straight up chalk is always way better. Have you guys tried liquid chalk? I'll use it as like a base layer. So I'll put it on first and then use regular chalk on top of that once it dries. Sometimes oh, it can be easy like sneaking into a commercial gym where they don't like chalk that's, and just put a load drop on. That's why I used it because I didn't have a choice. Also, can I just say, um david ricks at 61 years old squatted 700 pounds uh 317.5 kilo at 61 years old it's freaking insane man and david ricks also at 61 years old bench press uh 202.5 kilo 445 pounds he's 61 he was the oldest person oldest lifter in the open division well, I by, guess <laughs> by far, by far, because the next person was Jen Thompson in her forties. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it, and, and he's great. finishing the top ten. I mean, he's he's not just an also ran like his squat alone. How many people out squatted him? Freak. Nope. Oh, only Gavin out squatted him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, like you think about that, I man. He's sixty-one. Listen to me. Listen to me. If the lights went out at, after the squat event. David Ricks would have walked away with the silver medal. And how many people outbenched him? Uh, it looks like five. Unfortunately, it was his Delop that held him back because, you know, <laughs> compared to 2019 nationals, he squatted more and benched more than 2019, but his Delop was below. It's the old deadlift that holds him back, but yeah, just an <laughs> absolute, like, talk about an inspiring character, man, to be 61 years old doing what he's doing. Another quick shout out on this to Bob Matthews for having the balls to load up like 360 on the deadlift for, for third place. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he went all in. He put yeah. his chips right to the middle, even though he missed his second. I yeah. talked to him one of the days afterwards, and he was saying how he feels like all the other 93s are like really muscular, like really jacked and stuff like that. And he feels small because I guess he's a little bit taller. So he's looking to put on some more muscle. Maybe one day he'll go up to 105s, but first maybe he can fill out the 93s. He's dabbled in uh, with that idea, I think, before. But he's like, is he was under ninety three though? I think he's pretty like he's jacked. We all are, but yeah. what's but, that? But, but like, so they all are. Under but like, but like, his oh, but three like he's meet- a chunk under, I think. No, yeah, no, like no, his no. three his three meets listed in USAPL was like he did a local meet where he weighed eighty nine point five. He did twenty nineteen nationals where he weighed ninety one point four one, and then now he weighed in ninety two point one five. So 
he's got room to continue continue to put on more muscle, get that bench press up, and then he's got the big deadlift. Like almost a kilo is a couple pounds there. We're like 2.2 pounds. Like that's, you know, you wouldn't cut that if you didn't have to. So he's probably walking around at that where some people are like cutting to get to 93. He's like three or four pounds under 93, which is, yeah, like that's, especially if you're taller, you're, you, you should fill that out. It's going to feel a lot better with your lifts. But uh, talking about the big general, let's move on to the 105s. We had the battle. Real quick, real yeah. quick with um, Kaiko at, at, in Worlds. So basically. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and so Anatoly, the current world champion, has now bumped up to the 105 class. So Kaiko is just kind of head and heels above everybody else again, unless somehow Gavin gets into this meet um, as, a, as an alternate. And then they can go head to head again. And that would be pretty cool. But as far as, um, you know, the other, you know, there's um, some other good lifters, but like, you know, this is going to be like a massive, massive, massive world record when, <laughs> when Kaiko takes the, the stage in, in Sweden. Yeah. Anatoly, um, pre, like the previous world champion would have been a problem. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal lifter. Gustav Hedlund is also good. Um, he hasn't lifted since in like all of 2020 officially, I don't think. Um, and, but back in 2019, he was the silver medalist at the world championships. His total is a couple years old, so it's going to be misleading, but last time he faced off with, you know, America's champion, he was able to get the silver medal and, and Anatoly got the gold. So I wouldn't want to look past him where he's, you know, we've seen that in some of these in, in, even in us nationals where some guys with records that are older and or totals that are older, it's easy to look past them in the database, but like they were world-class before. And I'm assuming he's pacing with everyone else anyways. Uh, right. but plus it's a home game for him too. Uh, Gustav. You're right. So, so Bill, we had a, what was it? 2014 raw nationals. Blaine beats Ray. They mm-hmm. Ray makes the team. Ray yep. goes to worlds and beats Blaine at worlds. Then we had was a 2018 Raw Nationals. Danny beats Amanda, and then Am- Amanda gets on the team, goes to 2019 Worlds, and beats Danny at 2019 Worlds. So now what we got Kaiko beats Gavin at Nationals. We'll you see son of if a Gavin, bitch. Gavin makes the team and and gets redemption at Worlds. <laughs> son of, look at if you're gonna send someone else, my man lost by half a kilo. So he's probably one of the people that would raise his hand. They're going to look at him. And if, if they're looking at how they're going to do, how, how are they going to pick it? Cause if you're looking at, like you said, Bill, how they're going to <laughs> fare against the rest of the world, Gavin would fare very well. Yeah. So normally it would go by Carpino points, which is basically you take the total they hit in raw nationals and you go back to last three world championships and say, okay, he would have finished first, first and first. So he has, you know, an average of one point. So he's going to be the, the best, right? Um, that's kind of how you would do that. But now since we have the new female classes um, with the 72s not existing anymore and then being 69, 76, we don't have data on those. So we're actually not sure as of how we're going to be able to pick the alternates. If it's going to be, but the men's side might just be the straight Carpino or women's might be something different. Mm. But, um, but Gav had, he'll have the best Carpino score and also had the best uh, points, good lift points for the second place finishers. So there's a really good chance he'll be the first alternate. That'll be good. Watching them battle out, and you're right, Gustav will have home court advantage. He's Swedish. Um, he's he's the former silver medalist. He'll be waiting for them. He doesn't have time zone change, travel, and the whole nine. So it'll be a decent enough scrap. Moving on to the 105s. Whoop. We'll- 
one sec here. I just accidentally closed my uh, screen here, gentlemen. So from the 105s, move on to the 120 pluses. And yeah. let, let's also say, let's also give some kudos to your boy, Joseph, uh, Jake Amadola, um, who finished off with the bronze and 80, 880 kilo total. David Wilson, who loaded up. Wilson. Wilson. Did I, what did I say? Wilson. Wilson. Okay. Well, uh, David Wilson, who loaded up for the American record in his last poll. And it looked tight, man. Um, he said I wouldn't have gave it to myself either. But it looked tight. And he would have went uh, a perfect nine for nine had he done it. And looking at it, would that have bumped him into uh, a bronze medal as well, taking it from your boy? Yeah, Jeff? he could have taken a five-kilo jump and been bronze medal. So, I mean. Gotcha. He, but he, he wanted kinda, it all. He said, screw third. I want, I want the damn record. Can I say something? I fucking nope. respect that because <laughs> I would have, if it was up to me and it's like, do you want to pull only what you need for bronze or do you want to pull a little more, go for bronze and make history? I would have said, load up the record. We're going for history. And judging by his pull that he had, he was flipping close. Um, oh yeah. It wasn't like, like you squint and you could have gave it to him. There were some people who would have gave that to him. Um, Cause I think he got called for soft shoulders. Was it or knees or it was up though. I think soft everything to be honest with you. I mean, it was, but yeah, I mean, yeah, one of those a, things. It was, anyways, it was, a, it was a good showing and I like to see it. Um, LS 842.5 kilo. And uh, Arian, were you crunching some numbers there? You wanted to throw something in there before we move I was on? just trying, I was just, no, I mean, we, we did the 93s. You, you're skipping the 105s. We have to ah, crap. Ones. Sorry. But I was, I was thinking if David Wilson had hit the third, what his total would have been, it would be 898.5. So, I was hoping it also would have been a 900 kilo barrier, but it would, it would have been just short. But yeah, I mean, we discussed this before and I even told David, like, you might have to decide, do you want placing or do you want the record? And I set it up to where he has to decide to go for placing or the record and he went for the record. Dog, what would you guys have done? Honestly, I would have went for the record because bronze is cool. But the difference to me between a bronze in a, in a fourth place at the US, it's not the world's I or the biggest deadlift in history. For your weight class, I, I'm going for that dead man. It's history. It's historical. It's it's the record. You're number one all time, or you're third that day. If you're asking me, would you rather be third place that day or number one all time? Fuck, man. You're for me. I I'm going for that. And I think if I was going to write my own PR article, I could milk the record better. What do you think, Bill? Gun to your head. I mean, it honestly, just depends on like. If that was his goal coming in for you, for goal. you, I want you. Give me you. What would you oh, say? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm taking third place, most likely. Oh, you fucking just got to push back. All right. What <laughs> no, do you no, say? No, I'm serious. I mean, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the placing. I'll take the, you know, the the smaller jump. Um, that's just the way my, that's the way I work. Coward. That's it's, you yeah. <laughs> what, Arian, what, what would you say? I would have done the cowardly thing. I would have gone for placing as well, Fuck. I believe, because. One, it's like a you know, cowardly you're, thing. You you're moving up to a new weight class, and you're slowly like you know building momentum, moving your way up to placing. And also, it's like you you never know as far as again the Carpino how how his like you know eight eighty five or whatever total would have placed the last three years. Um, what happens if Ashton doesn't go? What happens if Dennis doesn't go? What happens if someone gets hurt? And maybe he can sneak in this year as well. It's rare that a third placer sneaks in though, right? Like how often is a third placer? Now in 2019, we had a, we, Jake would have went Amendola as a fourth placer. Oh, wow. Uh, Yes. I mean, so so the, the, we, the way I kind of looked at all these numbers 
if Wilson would have taken a smaller jump, he might have been the third alternate. Maybe, but can I also say yeah. something? Yeah. Cue that Brad Pitt, uh, Troy meme. That's where everybody <laughs> will remember your name. But he's also been there. He's done that, right? So like maybe it wasn't as important to him as somebody else because he's already been there. He's gotten a bronze medal at Worlds 2019. Yeah. So it's if you if you already and, and you're right uh, for a little perspective if you already have a bronze medal at the world championships a bronze medal nationally you're like all right well here's something i don't have yet here's something i can add to it and yeah i mean it's you're right there's always a, a bigger picture of it um want to move on to the 105s gentlemen that men was of the gentle, 105s men of a gentle or sorry the 120s men of a gentle persuasion well we didn't really talk about ashton or bryce yet yeah we gotta talk that cream of the crop i for god's sake why I mean, it sounds, I... Like you've been, it sounds like you've been drinking more than me. <laughs> Dog, I haven't had a single drink, but I think I need one. Uh, sorry, fellas. Uh, so, yeah, so Jake coming in broad. So, yeah, let's talk about what did you guys think about this? Um, it's they both went seven for nine, and it was relatively close if Bryce had hit and Ashton had missed, uh, like he obviously did miss. But if Bryce had hit his last dead, he could have put some more pressure. But what are you guys thinking here? There's a lot of controversy with that second Ashton poll, I think. I've, I mean, again, I wasn't there. I, I was kind of watching it on my, you know, computer slash I was on baby duty and all that stuff. So I didn't see like the whole thing start to finish. But I got a lot of messages about how that was a gift. <laughs> mm. You know, but was was his third? Contra- Some people are saying it was controversial that he didn't get his third. The same th- people that thought he should have got a second. Yeah, probably. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> the, the, right, right. the people that counted were the judges that, yeah. you oh, know, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that is sports to an extent, the yeah. strike zone changes. What did you think, Arian? Yeah. What I was going to mention is what you, what you were kind of hinting at, which also goes back to that whole stick em spray thing. It's like, there, there's like a hierarchy to this and like, you know, the people in the position make a decision and that's where you go with. So like, you know, with the spray, if the technical chairman says it's illegal, then it's legal. In this situation, if two referees on the platform say it's good, Matt Gary goes and protests it, you need a unanimous decision to overturn it. And that didn't happen. So at minimum, one jury member thought it was a good lift as well. So at minimum, you had three referees say it was good and three referees say it's bad, 50-50. But at maximum, you could have had three jury members plus two referees. So you could have had five referees say it was good and one say it was bad. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're saying either three and three or f- five out of the six saying it's good. And that's what we have to go with. Those are the cat two, the national, the cat one referees. They're the ones who are watching it live from those angles, everything like that. And they said it was good. The, the, the not controversial, but the risky part I thought, which we spoke about when we talked with Ashton a little bit, um, is the jumps and how the last time Bryce was in the lead going in the thirds and they both missed this time Ashton was in the lead going um, into thirds and, and uh, both missed, but he did more than he needed to. He could have done three fifty seven point five on the second to just get ahead of Bryce and then see what Bryce does. And then he could have done another pull, but he went three seventy two point five, And again, high risk, high reward. If he had gone two reds on that one, and then missed it again in his third, he would have been over and would have been 15 kilos more than he needed. But because he hit that, then he really put the pressure on Bryce to have to go and pull 380, and he missed that. So do you think he wanted to put the nail in the coffin in the, in the second dead, or do you think that might have been – because if he missed it, and he almost did, like Matt Gary – so Matt Gary did protest it. 
as as you should because um if obviously some viewers thought hey i would protest this so matt gary did exactly what he should do if he's going to advocate for his lifter and um it could have made all the difference like you're saying if it went red uh that could have been all she wrote right there um so yeah in your estimation what would you have done there bill if i was ashton if you were ashton's handler yeah i mean i i would not have advised taking that big of a jump. I mean, we're going to basically take the lead on the second deadlift and, you know, let Bryce dictate what we're doing on the third one. That's all. Um, I think that most people would do it that way. Um, but Ashton is like a different breed of lifter, man. He's just like, whatever, this is what I got. Let's go. And you're going to beat me at my best. And, you know, or if not, no big deal. I'll shake your hand and, you know, we'll be friends again tomorrow kind of thing. Like <laughs> that dude just goes, <laughs> you know, like it's crazy. Um, but yeah, as far as like strategy, it's not the best strategy, but it worked for him and he finally beat Bryce. And now he's a 93 and a 105 national champ. That's pretty badass. And what did you guys also hear? He said he's leaning towards, he didn't make official, but he's also leaning towards Sweden. And that means the previously mentioned 93 kilo world champion who's moved up to the 105s, Anatoly will be waiting for him for, from Ukraine. And Anatoly, um, in his first appearance as a 105 at the Ukrainian championships, he hit like a 9-11 but he looked like he had some room there. And um, since then, because he's just moved up, he was a little bit underneath the 105 and he wasn't cutting yet. But since then, I've seen footage of him squatting 320 kilos, 705 pounds for sets of eight. He's okay. working. It's insane. He's repping 705 pounds on the squat for sets of eight. Um so it's, he's going to be a problem and he's just moving into the, what that was just moving the one of fives. Hey, let me give a kick at the can. And he's already deep into the, well, he's a, a nine 11 total. So he's going to be an issue. He's going to be able to force his hand. We also have talking about the Swedes eating their home cooking, Emil Norlin, who last time we were in Sweden was the world champion one of five in the juniors. And um, he hasn't competed since uh, Sweden was, you know, didn't have a lot of competitions or didn't have any competitions, but he was Euro champ, I think, right after that. He won the before, Open Euros. Before it went to hell? Uh, yeah. Let's pull him up. Let's pull him up. Emil, yeah. 2019, November, European Classic, 887.5. Yeah. And he's and he's a young guy. Like, he's 22. Yeah. Um, so, for him, like, two years ago is a big deal. The difference between 20-year-old and 22-year-old. I mean, he's going to be into the 900s as well. I think he did a mock meet and he was definitely into the 900s. Um, mm -hmm. So he'll be waiting. There'll be a problem. And again, he does no travel, no time zone change, no nothing. He wakes up, drives there like he's driving to work and he puts in work. So mm -hmm. Ashton himself was like, I have to worry about Norland. Um, when Ashton commented on King of the Lifts in one of Norland's posts and I, and I, my caption was something like, you know, I can't wait to see these fellas rumble at the world's. And Ashton said something. Norland's reply was like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's like, he's chomping at the bit, man. He's not at all intimidated. These guys are intimidated. If you think Anatoly, who's a world champion, is going to be intimidated, they're going to rock and roll. So I think the 105s in the U.S. was fun at the Worlds. It'll be just as. I don't know if it's going to be tighter. It depends on what Anatoly I mean, shows up like. 
but also Bryce could end up being in this class also, right? I mean, looks like Can Bryce. Can you imagine? Might, right. So I mean, it's, it's happened quite a few times the last couple of years where we've gotten two one hundred fives in in the classes with um, well, you know, with Bryce and Jake was supposed to go last time in twenty nineteen, and then um, or no twenty twenty, sorry, and then uh, Bryce and uh, Garrett uh, Blevins went I guess yeah. twice with each other. So we had a bunch of sessions where we had two one hundred fives in there, and again, Bryce should probably be. I would think the second alternate possibly, you know, um, something like that. So it's a real good possibility he ends up going. Um, I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the Russian, Levon Tavakalov. I probably butchered the last name, but he's also in the mm-hmm. 900 kilo total. And uh, by the time the world's rumbles around, we'll see where he's at. He's probably, he's a little bit behind the other gentleman I mentioned, but he'll be a threat if somebody starts, you know, missing lifts and he'll take a, he'll hit the podium. Yeah, man, if Bryce goes as well, we have a rematch between Ashton and Bryce, but you add Anatoly, you add Norlin, and then you add Tevon. That is insane, man. That is a really stacked 105 Worlds um, that I hope happens, and, and we'll see how it all rocks. Even without Bryce, it's going to be stacked. And Ashton said he's like, I'm actually – it's got my attention. You know, Bryce is – or uh, so Ashton was saying like – if it was going to be a walk in the park, it wouldn't get my attention. This has my attention. I need to be concerned and I need to train hard for this. And he's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad uh, it, it'll, it'll be good for the fans to watch. And a more interest, uh, more easy one to pronounce, uh, Mr. Deadlift. We'll see. His last meet actually was September 2019 Polish Classic Cup, where he actually competed at 93s and he did 860. So who knows in those two years if he's going to decide to stay in the 93s and maybe make that return at Worlds. Or maybe he's going to, you know, say, okay, 93 isn't for me, fill back up the 105s, which he's done um, 900.5 in the 105s. And that was a while ago in 905, 192.5, correct? The 900.5 he did in 2017. Right. Four years ago, he was already in the 900s. And um, he's an absolute freak versus Becky out of Poland. And, uh, or where's Becky out of Poland? And he's, you know what? I should hit him up on WhatsApp because every now and then he hits me up on WhatsApp. I'll ask him if he's going to go to the world championships um, rep in Poland because Poland's not a massive travel either. So it'd be somewhat convenient for him because he, last time we seen him, he had defeated Bryce in 2017 at the world championships um, and he was looked very dominant. And then he lost to Bryce in Calgary. And he said, you know, the time zone change flight really roughed him up something fierce, but now that we're back in Europe, we'll see. And he actually has the world record total from 2019 Reykjavik games, 895.5. So he's a record holder. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a multiple-time world champion in 93s, and then he moved up and won in the 105s. He's definitely, in terms of the classic division, his resume is one of the best in the world that we've seen. Uh, I don't think a lot of people in the U.S. know a lot about him because um, he's the last couple of years been gone, and then he's just not American. <laughs> but uh, but he's up there. He's definitely if he's on the nominations, we got ourselves a real battle in the 105s at the World Championships. Um, I think we do, even if he's not on it, because we have so many contenders. All right, fellas, moving on to the 120s. Yeah, I was so eager to get there. <laughs> <laughs> You like them big boys. Excuse me, pardon me, but I like my fellas big. Um, (laughs) So it didn't exactly turn. It turned out the way we thought it would, but not exactly the way we thought it would. Dennis Cornelius finishing off with a 925, but he missed a second squat. I think it was on depth. I thought it looked okay, but he retook 365 for his his third. um, Got it. 
and and then he missed his third bench, but he was still a good 20, 22 and a half kilo ahead. Um, so he won relatively comfortably. Now, a word that I got to use with caution because his deadlifts looked anything but comfortable. My man was hobbling off the platform. He looked all typed of, types of roughed up. And then his comments in one of my posts, he actually commented saying, I think I'm going to take some time off. Um, I don't know what that means. If it's just training for a little bit, we got, we're about 13 weeks out from worlds. If whatever he's dealing with now, he's 40 years old now as well. Um, so he's not going to bounce back. Like maybe he would, if he's 25, but he's got 13 weeks. But if we look domestically, this was all right. You know, he's still 22 and a half kilo ahead. But if we look at the world championships, he cannot do 925. If we have some of these other gentlemen show up, um, let's not skip ahead to that. But what were your thoughts of the 120 kilos uh, there, Bill? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Dennis is like fucking awesome, right? So, like, to see him like only hit 925 is like sucks. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was like disappointing, right? Like, you know, he still won and he did what he had to do, but like, you're expecting to see like a 380 plus kilo squat and like a you know 250 plus bench and then like you know this you know high 900 kilo total um from him but like yeah he did what he had to do he got made the team and he did exactly what he needed to do so that's that's all you can ask right you know he did the best he could that day to you know settle that and then we had a little battle um with jared martin and blake atwell for second place i guess jared um was nursing some back injuries and Blake's come on pretty well um, now that, you know, he's just coming off of a junior. He's a little bit older than a junior now. And then my guy, Tristan Naselrod, rounded out the top four with an 880 um, total. Had a little bit of an off day um, for him. But, um, yeah, so it was, yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice it was a nice little thing. Arian was there with uh, Tristan helping him out, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, Tristan looked like – um, conditioning wise and everything you put in the gym, phenomenal. Uh, just probably handling let him down that day, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, also sorry, buddy. but yeah, I think Jared Martin was nursing some kind of an injury if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's a strong lad. If you're looking at his training, uh, Blake Atwell, um, finishing off the 900 kilo Isaac Whistler, young guy, scrappy dude, missed his opener, went up 12 and a half kilo, no less on a squat and hit it, ended off with a 330 squat, um, and a five or 857.5 kilo total. And Ryan stills, I want to talk about this. So Ryan stills, I believe he's around 45. He's in his mid forties, masters world champion. And, um, on his a game is, uh, all types of strength. He'll, he'll be close to 900, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But on his third squat, he's attempting 325 kilo and something went in his leg and you could see his leg, his right leg shift in the pole of the squat and he tumbled and it was scary. And you would have bet the house you're never going to see this guy again, at least for the rest of the night. And he came out for bench press and in a bench pressing uh, 192.5 kilos. So essentially with one leg, my man is bench pressing over 400 pounds on a bad day and still ends up deadlifting 320 kilo and deadlifting over 700 pounds. Now he's stiff legging it up at this point. He's no bend in his leg. The pain is incredible. And he doesn't know the fur further damage he's doing. If you watch the squat that folded him like a lawn chair, you could see the leg 
something snap and his leg bowed in and it was scary. And you're like, that's it for him to bench over 400 and dead over seven with one leg is pretty incredible stuff. Um, and actually that third squat was the only lift he missed. So, uh, a tip of the hat to the Wiley veterans who, when things go wrong, they can write the ship and still have a decent day and be like, look at all is not lost. We're getting a total and we're going to the worlds. Cause he is a master. If he can heal up in time, he's got 13 Ooh. weeks. Well, it sucks for him, right? Because then Dennis is now a master. So, <laughs> if Dennis, I don't think Dennis will go in the masters, but you're right. Right, if, right. But if, then, but right, but I say Ryan doesn't get the spot. He ends up, ends up going to the alternate pool because Dennis won. So, there's not a guarantee that Ryan, Ryan still ended up going to Worlds. Kind of for thing. a master. Would, yeah, because Dennis won. So, yeah. he's the number one master. So, he's going to not go. So, yeah. then Ryan becomes an alternate, but now he has to go into the pool with the rest of the alternates. For Is master's pool a different pool? No, it'd be the same pool, but like it's, oh, it's a go different, it's the same pool. Damn. I thought yeah. he'd be the, I thought he'd be the, if Dennis doesn't go as the masters, see in Canada, we're different. You pick, are you going open in nationals? Or are you going masters and nationals? If you decide to go open, you don't get to claim the national title for masters. And if you do claim both titles, um, the alternate for masters would be the second guy in his forties with the highest total, which would be Ryan. So it wouldn't matter beyond right. this redundant anyways. But I, so I guess that works differently then for you guys. It's yeah. So it'd be, it would be all eight second place finishers. And then oh, you would find, you, you would find the, right. So you guys are different. All right. So it could be the second, second place 59 kilo becomes the first alternate and takes Damn that it. spot. Yeah. It would have Dennis didn't. Sorry. Go ahead. Aaron. Well, I was going to say, and for this, you only got to choose one. Both Dennis and Ryan went open. Yeah. Ryan went open as well? Yeah, this was, this was the open championship. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Everyone's open. So they their total counts towards the master's pool. But what Bill is saying is if a 120 declines, you don't go to the second place 120. Yeah. You go to the best person across the all-the-way all classes. Hmm. It, that's no. like, especially for the other age division, it's good that if, like, let's say there's not depth in the weight class, and let's say that Dennis is really good and there was no good second place. You don't have to take the second place person. You can see who's the best person that would do well at worlds from all the weight classes and take that yeah. person. Now, more than likely Ryan is a world champion yeah. masters lifter. So he's probably going to be the first alternate and go, but I'm just saying it's not a guarantee. Right. Um, that's all. I'm glad I asked because not all nations set it up the same. And um, yeah, I bet there's probably people internationally who might not have realized that. Interesting stuff, fellas. Um, look, let's look at the 120s worldwide, if we will, because I think his biggest threat is probably going to be. What do you guys think it's going to be? Well, I mean, we have some injuries internationally as well, but the biggest total is Johan Smith, Hani Smith's son. And what is his total? Nine fifty-four, and Dennis's best is nine seventy-eight point five. And when did he hit his best, though? Which one, Dennis? Dennis. Dennis hit it in 2016. That's half a decade, my love. I don't know. Uh, look at it. it's. I mean, I love Dennis. He's been on here a million times, and we talk. Um, but holy smokes, you! If he's injured, I mean, even at a hundred percent right now, it's been a minute. I mean, these guys, the rest of the world is catching up, and these are guys that like some people might not know about. Again, from Turkey, um, Sank is hitting. What Sank's biggest total because he has been lifting as a as a one oh, a second here. 120 plus is where he has yeah, yeah. bigger one so at 120 he's hit 892.5 but let's take a look at but that's when he was a junior 
It's a bit deceiving only because um, he's not like a full-blown 120 plus. He yeah, hovers. He, he just hasn't been cutting. He did 962.5 weighing 127.2. Right. So seven kilo over, which a guy that size, um, he could lose a little bit of weight and then cut the rest of the water. A 962.5. I would honestly argue, well, I mean, between him and Johan, it's probably neck and neck. But Dennis has to be 100% prime Dennis to beat these fellas. Not 40-year-old beat-up Dennis to beat these fellas. It, if Dennis says, I'm going to Worlds, holy freaking smokes. Because these guys are right up there, man. And they're young. And by the time Worlds goes around, those totals are going to be old. I mean, that 962, even that was from February from Sank. I mean, by the time September rolls around, how close? What are we talking about for him? And he's he's still how old is he? Yeah, twenty five years old. He's in his prime. Sang should be competing uh, next month at the University Cup in the one twenty plus. So we'll see what he weighs and what he totals. I I mean, I talked to him in the DMs. I could ask him, "Are you thinking about like you?" I would think at one twenty plus, he's literally if he's only seven kilo over it's going to be really tough to do too much damage against a guy like Jesus. We'll talk about him in a second, but if he wants to cut seven kilo and not seven kilo of body weight, he cuts three kilo of body weight, four kilo of water. And that's something I cut as an 83, by the way. So three, can you diet three kilo when you're that big? Of course, it's a joke. That's a, that's a weekend of running for this guy. And he could, he's right up there. I'm going to, I'm going to hit him up in the DMS and I'm, yeah, I mean, I mean so. Dennis landed in Belarus for Worlds at 125 kilos. Did he really? Yeah. And so he, he cut when once he came and landed and, and he was there, he cut from 125 to 120. So yeah, 127, three months out, it's not bad. Not bad. It's a joke. Like I'm telling you, man, I cut like four kilo of water and I'm an 83. It's not a, it's a, it's then, not a big deal. Then you got your your boy Tony Cliff at 920, and then you the have ending champ, baby. <laughs> Then you have Dave Richardson from a, a British power thing as well at 900.5. So internationally, the 120s are, are pretty stacked. I mean, these guys are going to fight for gold, silver, and bronze. This is like the 105s when we talk about the world championships. This is the one that when we start doing the preview show, start running into it, we're going to start bringing in guests. I had, I had Sank in here before. I'll bring him back. He speaks good English, man. He'll, he'll give it to us. So um, it'll be interesting. When we roll into the 120s, I hope Dennis shows, but if he shows, he needs to be 100% because he's the 120 kilo goat. But these fellas, man, they're posting up numbers at a young age and they're in their primes. Although one of these gentlemen, do we not have word that he might be injured as well? Bill said Johan Smith was dealing yeah, with based off, based off his training, look like, um, I guess, on his Instagram mentioned something about a back injury or something like that. So, um, and then another guy you guys haven't mentioned is just, um, I, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Bryce Krawcheck, the Canadian oh, Bryce. Yeah. Um, he's coming back, I guess, full-time to raw now from what I'm hearing. So um, he's got the massive, massive, massive deadlift. So he can uh, kind of put on, put on the, I guess Sank does too. He's pulled close to 400 at 120, but um, you know, it's apparently I'm hearing good things about from the, from Bryce's camp. So we'll see what, what comes out there. Sank Could be actually, another Canadian gold, baby. Could be another Canadian <laughs> gold. Sank actually hit a 400 kilo. Like when he was a, when he was a 127 kilo lifter, but he hit a 400 kilo dead. So 
we'll see when he has to cut weight if it's still there. But he's a yeah, he's an absolute monster, man. I will I will do leading into the world championships. I will firm up the information. We're just talking about this on the fly as we look ahead. But I talk to these fellas in the DMs, and I will come with the proper information and break it for everybody listening. Um, but yeah, man, one twenties is going to be loaded. And uh, should we move on to the one twenty pluses, gentlemen? Big boys. The biggest boys. Let's talk about the biggest boys we got. Large lads. The large lads. So obviously a bit of a bummer. Ray Williams pulled out, had COVID, um, did the right thing. I mean, whether or not he feels good, like sometimes even if you're asymptomatic, which he wasn't, by the way, he did have flu-like symptoms. But even if you're asymptomatic, you're going to show up, travel, come into contact with everybody, and then you pass it on to somebody who may not end up being asymptomatic, then they bring that home. It's like, thank you, Ray. <laughs> you know, it's not something he needs attached to his name. So he did the right thing, bows out of the competition. And to an extent, it became um, a bit of somewhat anticlimactic. Uh, you know, Jesus was a pretty big favorite after Ray pulled out. When Ray was in there, based off of the fantasy league we seen, it was close to 50-50. When Ray pulled out, I mean, it's pretty much all Jesus. He won fairly comfortably, even though he missed his second and third deadlift. Um, and then obviously Derek Dowry, he, his total actually went down a little bit. We thought him on his A game might make a decent push. Um, I'm not sure if he was dealing with any issues. Arian, you were on the scene there. Was he dealing with anything? Did you know? Yeah, I didn't get to watch his actual squats, but literally when he warms up, he has to touch outside on the plates. Like he said, he would squat way more if, he, if there wasn't a grip rule. And so then I'm on the other platform. So I go on the other platform to handle our squats. And I come back because he was warming up on the same platform us. And he had a giant ice bag on one bicep and a giant ice bag on the other bicep. Oh, no. So so it must have been, you know, issue with uh, as far as the grip and the getting the arms and everything in position for squats that held him back. Well, he, he only got his opener and he misses the next two squats. So apparently uh, he was struggling. Um, what are your thoughts there, Bill? Yeah, I mean, sucks Ray got sick. Glad he didn't come. No one needs to spread that around. So props to him. Um, yeah, Jesus, I mean, kind of became an inevitable from there. Sucks that Derek had some sort of injury or whatever happened. And then my guy, Matty Cronin, sliding into third place with a nice bronze medal there. <laughs> well so, done. Um, yeah, that was uh, something we didn't expect coming into the day. And then, you know made some damn lifts and bring home some hardware. That's all. Who was handling him? Uh, we had Patrick Carr from Virginia was handling him. Okay. Good call. Arian probably wouldn't have got him that bronze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have, cause there was too many guys that I was handling in that session. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough, sir. Um, and what are we looking at internationally at the world championships? I mean, we have a bit of a changing of the guard here. Kelly Branton, pop and he's gone ray has uh is you know dealing with issues and he's gone um and now he's not going to make the team and jezza who's the returning world champion at one point he was well over a thousand kilo um i mean he could squat a thousand pounds but he's he's dealt with some issues with his knees um and has lost a lot of body weight according to his instagram and looks like he might have been losing body weight to alleviate the pain in his knees I don't know if he's returning the powerlifting or even if he does what he's going to look like. I can also slide into his DMs and ask him again, leading into world championships. I'll clear up these questions with these fellas and let everybody find out. Cause I do have some running dialogue with most of these gentlemen internationally, but what are we looking at? Is it Sim? 
I think Sims probably going to be the biggest competitor if Jezza's not there at 100%. Um, Sim got silver uh, 2019. He also was the European champion in 2019. Um, he's an RTS guy. So um, I think Ross Lepola is his coach, actually. So um, and his progression has been pretty massive. So he's going to be on point and he should be good to go. Um, another couple interesting names is Andre Konovalov. The uh, he's coming over to the raw. He's coming over to the raw side, apparently, um, to test himself out there. So, you know, he put up a 940 something at, at their nationals. I mean, it wasn't easy for him but uh apparently i was kind of watching some videos and i'm learning russian so i kind of learning some stuff that he didn't really train for that meet he just kind of did it so he said with some more time he'll figure out his squat more and he should be good to go so i think he hopes to hit over a thousand kilo total um and then my buddy steve ringroot from uh belgium uh i know his training's been going really 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 well so hopefully see him you know fighting for the podium also He's got a big deadlift on him. He's a large yeah. gentleman. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be a problem as well from Belgium. Belgium's got a good team actually internationally. Uh, you know you who uh, Canada is sending? I was going to say Eric Willis is at nine fifty. Yeah. He's a super now. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Well, Eric Willis, for anyone listening, won the world championships at one twenty two thousand eighteen. Took a the silver- first Canadian classic world champion. You're right. He's our golden boy. He was the first <laughs> world champion in the open. Um, and that's at the 120 in 2000, that's 2018 in Canada on Canadian soil. He did that in 2019. He took a silver medal in the 120 moved up to the 120 plus, And I guess he posted up a 950 you gentlemen are saying, which isn't bad at 133. And that was, uh, you know, a year, a year, year and a half ago. Okay. So a year and year and a half of progress, he's going to need around a thousand kilo if he's going to threaten Jesus. Um, or probably more than that, but we'll see. He's got a big deadlift as well. Then, then the other interesting one too, is like, what if Sank has been putting on more body weight and he does even better at this university world? He's done 962 and a half at 127. What if he's put on like, you know, another five, 10 kilos body weight. And maybe he comes with like a 975, 985, maybe a thousand. So, I mean, he might be up in there. Um, and then as far as Jezza, just, yeah, cause you guys were mentioning it. It's interesting. His last post is that he says in two months, he went from 190 kilos down to 150 kilos. So it'd be interesting oh, if he go if he makes his way down to 120s and see what kind of strength he has in the 120s. I don't <laughs> not, know. Not for this world, but I mean, long-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it, honestly, good for him. I remember at the 2019 Worlds, after he won, he was in so much pain. People wanted to take pictures with him. He was literally like a lineup and he was sitting in a chair because his knees were hurting so bad. And we all lined up to take pictures with Jezza. And it was like Santa Claus. We were kids taking pictures with Santa Claus because we were all like, oh my God, there he is. And he's sitting in a chair. And I like damn near was (laughs) sitting on his lap taking pictures with the guy. But um, he's a super nice guy. I'm glad he took that. If his knees gave out and he ended up being like, look, at, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm glad he got a gold medal at the world championships. He's been hunting it right before he decided to make that decision. We'll figure it out. But if mo- losing 40 kilo can only be good for his health, you know, his, his knees, all the joints, heart, the whole nine. But yeah, I mean, 120s, we'll have to see who shows up. Um, we're a little far away for nominations, but some of these fellas sound like they're the 120s moving up to 120 pluses except for Sim, but some of these guys, Willis, you know, possibly sank. I hope he goes 120 because if he does, it's a much better war, but 
I'll confirm that in a bit. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, and obviously, I mean, we're kind of, you know, saying Jesus is going to have no issues, but like this was his first nationals he just did. And now 13 weeks later, he's going to have to fly to Europe. I don't know if he's ever flown international before. Like, yes, he will be the strongest on paper going in, but doesn't mean he's going to have the best meat possible going in. You know what I mean? There's a lot of issues there. Um, And yeah, he's super young and, but I mean, we'll, we'll get him in the right spot though. Yeah, his oh, deadlift yeah. was off too. I, I didn't see what it what the issue was with the second and third, but he missed two and his total went down. I think it was I think they were both soft, I believe, with the knees. I, I mean, believe. yeah, you're right, Bill. You never want to throw a gold medal on somebody based off of nominations because we've seen. Um, and some of these other fellas, you look past somebody, then that's exactly the door they need to open up. Sure, look past me. You don't know what I've been doing the past year. Sure, right. see what happens on the day of. And that's the craziest yeah. thing, right? It's like we go through this whole thing. We don't know what countries have done what during COVID and what competitions. And like, you know, so you have someone that comes out of nowhere who hasn't competed in two years and all of a sudden it's like 100 kilos higher. Like, where the hell did this guy come from? Yeah, I've been training my training in my basement for two it's, years. It's, you, know, like, you have like in us is far more active with social media so it's easy for some people to get caught up in that and just see that and start being like look at top down us has got this and then you go to worlds and it's like hold on half of these guys don't end up with medals or gold medals and it's like what the shit and these people creep up on it's like you didn't know about none of these other guys huh they not only don't really post on social media you won't even find the results for their nationals so yeah there's you gotta really dig sometimes right and um yeah it is what it is all right fellas this did you want to add something else arian i was just gonna say nominations are far but not that far we're under 29 days now fair but 29 days is still it's it's we got a lot of podcast dude by the time 29 <laughs> days rolls around i'll have another dozen podcasts i'm literally booked like eight of them in a week so it feels say, like forever it feels like more than a dozen more than a dozen man that's what i'm saying like i don't want to promise anybody but have yeah we'll see we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there buddy i'm holding together burning uh, a candle burning up both ends like a candle in the wind uh, but uh let's take a quick break come back in uh hit the women's side. 